This week's show is brought to you by Pretty Easy Podcasts, helping podcasters get their shows off the ground and running at a low, low cost. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today to get started. Hit up the contact us section, fill out your information, and your show could be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms in no time. It's professional-sounding podcast production done the right way at a low rate without you ever having to think about any of the production stuff you don't have to learn how to edit you don't have to learn how to get your show wherever you need it to get to all you have to do is sign up with pretty easy podcasts worry about the content worry about being creative and doing your show your way go to prettyeasypodcast.com. This is the future. This is not the past. The new XFL will kick off in 2020. What the XFL is cooking. It's still football, but it's professional football reimagined. This is our moment, our story to tell. This is history begun. This is the XFL. Welcome, football fans. This is the week of June 16th, 2019. This is the road to 2020, and this is the XFL show. I'm Alan. I'm Jake. I'm Vince. And I'm Bryant. And, oh boy, player scouting's getting intense. We're running up and down the eastern seaboard to cover it all. This is episode 73, New York and DC Summer Showcases. Guys, I am logging the hours, driving to Summer Showcases for these two cities this week. We've got a bunch of content from those, as well as a big interview at the end of the show. It's a different kind of show this week. Are you prepared? We don't have a choice. <laughs> this this train ain't stopping if we're not prepared, so so you better get aboard it and, and fasten that seatbelt. Yeah, and this is just kicking off these showcases. It feels like we have a Grand Prix of showcases uh, coming in the next several What is weeks. with you and Grand Prix's all, all off air? You're just talking about Grand Prix. I don't if that's what you want to call it, whatever you want to label it as, it's it's a lot of summer showcases. We've got four four down now. Oh my goodness! I, you know, I, I saw this list of players that you, that you sent me live uh, fr- from the showcase in New York, and, and just looking at these names, and I, and I knew quite a few of them. And I'm just getting so excited to see what these guys run, see their three cone, see how they perform uh, in, in drills, and and probably most importantly, their official measurements. Verified is the word we're looking for. That's your that's your cue, Jake, to get really excited about verified measurements. Yeah, I I wish everything was posted. You know that. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you and what. I, that, that should really be something on, you know, the Freedom of Information Act. Where you should be able to send away and get the, the XFL mail. is not posting verified measurements on any players, and uh, they're not posting the 40 times. But I'm, I went to two of them this week, and I, ch- I had my own charts. If you want to see the charts, my, the, the players I charted, Jake, you're going to have to pay up. Because I have some verified did measurements you, in times did, of my own. Did you have your calipers there, and you were you know, measuring body measuring body fat? And we weren't. The media was allowed to get close, but not that close. Vince, no XFL, New York, and DC summer showcases uh, in the books. And 
for our for our general patrons, you get all this content right away as soon as we're able to post it. Uh, so we appreciate you for that. But I was all over the place at these two t- at these two showcases, guys, talking to players, coaches, Oliver Luck himself. We're going to hear from on this episode, and Brian, we've got a very special interview that we did earlier in the week for the end of the show. If you ask me the best interview we've done so far since the launch of this show back in 2018, yes, the L.A. president herself, Heather Brooks Carrots, joins us, uh, giving us some great details. She's quickly becoming my favorite person. I think she already is my favorite person at the XFL. Uh, so insightful, so friendly. Uh, Vince, you're a part of that interview. Please confirm my my, my statements. Yeah, yeah, she's got a great passion for, uh, for, for this uh, organization that she's a part of. She wants to get the word out there, and it was just very exciting to hear about it so it's a different kind of show this week where instead of the formal formal format where you know we're going to talk about some news here and there and then do our big topic in the hot read this week we're going to play you interviews and clips from my time at the summer showcases and our full interview with heather brooks carrots from xfl la uh it it's been a busy busy week and first up we're gonna have to start with the commissioner himself though jake oliver luck hitting up all the sh- summer showcases and is ecstatic that, that that player scouting's underway. I got to talk to him, and if you were in my shoes, I know what you would have asked Oliver Luck, and I'll tell you right now, I didn't ask him about team names on purpose for that reason. Well, I, yes, of course that's what I would have wanted to ask him, but but I wouldn't have asked him that because I, I know that's just not on the dock again. I, I, I'm sorry, I'm still thinking about you there like, sizing people up like you were trying to fit them for a suit <laughs> or, or something like on the field. I was mostly, I just can't get my mind off that. I was mostly interested in the one-on-one lineman drills, some speed rushing drills. We saw some people's wings. Are, are we going to be able to can, can you give us a uh, like a, a peek of what, of what you saw who stood out? Uh player player-wise, um yeah, I I'll say that uh quarterbacks in in New York first uh uh Joe Callahan, who's got all this experience playing in the NFL, looked pretty solid, I have to say, especially throwing some deep balls, uh, some of the quarterbacks. Really interesting. I spoke to one of the quarterbacks that you're going to hear from uh, a little bit later, and uh, the balls that they were throwing was also uh, of note because they were using these new XFL balls and also traditional college footballs. So uh, we're going to get into that as well. The the list you sent us for the New York players, can you confirm that the quarterbacks that were on the list actually appeared at the tryouts? There are rumors out there, maybe even confirmed at this point, that uh, last week, even though uh, uh, was it Zach Mattenberger and Brandon Silvers were on the list, didn't actually try out. Do you guys know this? Yeah, the word is from last week, some uh, players were there in attendance but did not work out completely. They only did some drills or got measured or did the interviews. Um depending on what their agents were having them doing, uh, I guess. Uh, this this week, uh, I believe we heard that Dexter McCluster would be in New York. Didn't see him there, at least on the field, guys. I'll, I'll he's, not on, he's not on your list either. No, I'll say that. Um, but I will also tell you that the quarterbacks in New York if, uh, were for sure there, and the quarterbacks in New York looked good. And I, I thought – uh, like I said, Joe Callahan stood out, the quarterback from Wesley, who played in the NFL a bit with the Packers and the Eagles. And also, tight end 35, Colin Thompson, a Temple tight end. Mm-hmm. I, I, I marked this on my notes, Vince. This guy is an undersized short tight end, but was he had some jukies out there 
I mean, I've never seen a, a big tight end shake cornerbacks the way this guy was. Really? Okay. In, in the one-on-one drills, which is really cool to see. Um, you know, it's also based on you know, your own rubric, your own scouting boxes you check. And mine might be different from what you would have seen, Vince, but I had a good time. I also will admit, I spent some time watching the players intently, but not as much as you probably would have because I was running around trying to talk to Oliver Luck. and co- uh, Yeah, I, I have just – I mean, I know before we get into this Oliver Luck uh, uh, sound that you got, I'd like to ask about two specific players if you're able to see them or not. Uh, Sean Hickey, he's uh, uh, lineman number 47. I was curious if you got a glimpse of him. And uh, also very interested in Titus Howard, uh, cornerback number 84. Titus Howard. Yeah, I did see Titus Howard. Uh, I did not catch uh, Hickey, the the Syracuse lineman you're talking about. I did. I caught Howard, who I believe did get get ruined on on a route by by Syracuse wide receiver Irvin Phillips, if I'm not mistaken. Irvin Phillips is a a little shorter receiver. But a guy who had some shakes. I mean, crazy, crazy speed out there. And you could see it on the field. The speed that separated some of these guys was noticeable. And I could, you could tell who is definitely going to be in this league, who might make this league, and who might be vying for maybe a spot on Team 9, Bryant. Because don't forget about Team 9. Yeah, Team 9, <laughs> I think a lot of people are forgetting about Team 9. There are going to be more than just eight teams that need to be filled by these players and and you know 800 players all in total at these at these summer showcases there's not going to be a lot of room for all these players so it's going to be interesting once uh once this all gets sorted out how many of these players actually make rosters uh Alan you saying that some of these players are actually crystal almost like clear that they're actually going to be they're actually going to be XFL players is, is is quite interesting i never thought about it like that like do you actually see full fledged XFL players right now yeah, and not all of them were, were of that caliber, but I could tell just by the speed on the field but from some guys. They were just that much faster and crisp and more athletic than guys. You just know that the league is going to be signing those type of guys because they have to. And, uh, you know, I will also note Hakeem Nix, the big name in XFL New York. I mean, just... All, all, all. Any media that was there was surrounding Hakeem Nix. After was eyeballing right. him during. I mean, Hakeem Nix had all the attention during uh, the New York Summer Showcase. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, certainly a, a big name, a guy that very successful in the NFL. Uh, but yeah, I was impressed by some of the names uh, also on this list. I mean, you know, relatively young players uh, have didn't quite get a chance to get into an NFL camp. But, you know, I feel like those guys are really going to be able to fill in the gaps here with guys that don't necessarily make the NFL and other big stars uh, like Akeem Nix coming in there. I I feel pretty solid about the talent coming into this league after seeing uh, some of these players at the showcase. Yeah, and that's what it's about is giving guys who, like Eric Galco said to us, guys who – probably should be in the NFL but haven't been given the shot one because of one reason or another usually because they come from such a small school or they're they're you know they've been playing in obscurity but this is kind of putting a spotlight on a bunch of guys out there who are finally getting their shot and it was cool to see that and that was definitely the coolest uh, thing to witness most of all was just guys so excited to be out there 
with an, a shot at being a pro football player. And you'll hear me talk to one of them, uh, Alejandro Bennyfield, who was a Chattanooga quarterback, was there. Uh, I, w- I ran right up to him. I'm the first quarterback I could find because I want to know about those footballs. And uh, also we're going to hear from Kevin Gilbride later on in the show as well, the New York uh, coach. And, and you'll hear everything I got from XFL showcases, summer search showcases in Washington, D.C., run by Pep Hamilton and his crew. But first, Jake, let's go to the man, the commissioner, Oliver Luck, who is running the whole thing. He's doing these chalk talks with he's got videos and he's and he's and he's stopping and starting them. He's giving lectures. You would have loved the chalk talk talk, Jake. That was right up your alley. Oh, I'm sure I would have. Yeah, this is from your uh, this is from your interview in uh, in Jersey. Is that correct? Yes. We're gonna yes. Hear? On the field in Montclair, New Jersey, during the XFL New York Summer Showcase, Oliver Luck, who was given chalk talks at all of these events, uh, stood with me uh, on the sidelines for a moment, and we chatted about summer showcases getting underway. So let's take you to Oliver Luck right now. Hello, football fans. Before we take you to our interview with Oliver Luck, I just want to tell you about the Patreon for This is the XFL Show, which is the ultimate place to ride down that road to 2020. It is the place where you can get interviews like our interview here with Oliver Luck, commercial-free, no ads whatsoever. Get straight to the content. Also, you get it early, instant access. As soon as we have these interviews, we post them on Patreon for our general patrons so if you want to get this stuff as soon as possible please go to patreon.com slash this is the xfl show and give to any tier of your choosing we have multiple tiers you could choose from you could get shows early you could get commercial free shows you get bonus content all depending on which tier you subscribe to so go check it out at least check it out look at what we got there we also have some free content on the patreon it is the ultimate like i said the best way to ride down that road to 2020 to kick off for the XFL. It's patreon.com slash this is the XFL show. Oliver Luck, here we're here at the uh, New York XFL Summer Showcase. How good does it feel to actually have league events on a field now? It feels great. We've done a lot of work, you know, certainly over the last uh, year. I've been on board now a year, and, of course, Vince and, and others had done work even prior to that with workers' compensation programs, et cetera. So it just is great to get out in the field on a beautiful day like this with, you know, 100 good players and a bunch of coaches, you know, from our league uh, and watching guys have fun, you know. It's that's, an awesome that's what it's all about. I mean, all of us are in this business because we love football. And you know, the reason we love football is you get to, you know, watch guys like this you know, perform, even though this isn't a game. Yeah. But, you know, watching seven-on-seven, Seven other one-on-ones is just you know a lot of fun. So oh, we're uh, we're, so we're very yeah we're, we're all we're all pumped. Did up. you choose the playlist? No, you got our DJ up there. My playlist <laughs> would be a lot different, I think. But that's uh, I'll defer to the young people. And here at the summer showcase, we have representatives from all eight teams. Yes. Yes. So, uh, yeah, we're doing one in each city. When we're in New York, for example, the entire New York coaching staff, Kevin's entire staff mm-hmm. is here, uh, but there's also representatives from the other clubs. So there's probably, you know, about 35 or 40 of our of our coaches here today. Very cool, very cool. And we have a lot of media here today, and you've afforded them the opportunity to run the 40 and, and participate in drills. Is this just for your own amusement? <laughs> Basically, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're all looking forward to Darren Rovell running later on. 
on. Uh, another big question everybody has is team names, and we're not going to ask you about that because we know those are coming. We're patient. We're excited for the Spring League event that's coming up. Again, we got two more of those. And the Spring League, that is that the final round of testing? Will the rule book be coming out shortly after that? So there's two more testing sessions with the Spring League. One is later this month, and then one is in July. They're both out in California. And after the July session, uh, we'll you know get down to work to publish effectively our rule book. So we'll you know that that'll be that'll come out. Uh, we believe at some point in August. You know, pr- I want to get it out prior to the start of the fall football season. Is there a, a real timetable? Does it is it matter to the league rule book or team names first? Or they, do they? Uh, no, I imagine team names will come out first. They're, they're really unrelated. But yeah. what's important though is to get it out early enough so that our coaching staffs can begin yeah. to scheme, right? Mm-hmm. Begin to sort of figure out what they want. They're you know, scouting right now. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're looking at, at players, and you know, if, if, I think you're probably aware of sort of what our kickoff, you know, what we're thinking it's going to mm-hmm. look like, and you know, I, I want them not only to draft players to you know obviously implement that scheme, but also also to you know figure out how to take advantage of it yeah because right? these are these are coaches they want an advantage in every you know in every uh, every snap yeah we're in it. the embryonic stages of the competition but it has begun everybody's out here scouting you know taking notes and and the rules are going to be in place and they're going to be able to do that like you said scheme as far as the rule book is that going to be available to the public yes it, completely yes it'll be I mean, i'm sure we'll post it online awesome. and i'm sure there'll be an old school printed version yeah. as well but uh, it'll, it'll be uh, uh and it's it's an important thing obviously Obviously, you know the, the rules. The rules of the sport are, are significant. Now, keep in mind the you know the, the vast majority of our rules will be NFL rules, right? That's, that's the default position, right? Because we think you know ninety five percent of what happens in the NFL is awesome. Our innovations really were targeting sort of that five percent that you know fans said they would like to see this or that be done a little bit differently. Well, I appreciate your time here at the Summer Showcase in New York. I'm going to be in D.C. tomorrow. If you are, I'll awesome. see you there. I'll be there. Awesome. Thanks. Thank you. All right. You heard it. The rule book will be made public no, for no. us to read all the way, front to back, guys. So, burning question, burning question. What would his playlist sound like? I wanted to ask him, but I, I was told <laughs> I only had a, a lot of John Denver. I, I would have said Will, Willie Nelson, but yeah, along the same vein as Vance. <laughs> no, that was a great, great interview. Great questions, Alan. That was uh, very insightful in the short amount of time that you had him. Oliver Luck, always very professional, very uh, informative. Uh, looks like we're going to get, so he said rule book before the fall league. So that's in August. And he said team names prior to that. So we're looking at, you know, July, August, uh, it's going to be huge months for the league. Lots, 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 lots coming. Very busy. And like he brought up there, the schemes, uh, you know, they're, the coaches are right now. They can't really scheme too much because the rules need to come out first. So that is important. Uh, and that's why the spring leagues, uh, the two more spring league uh, events are happening because the league really wants to make sure that their rules are right. And Oliver Luck let us know that. But I have to tell you guys, just from being there with Oliver Luck on the field, I could see it in his eyes. That's the cool part about having a commissioner who was a player. He was in hog heaven, as like so many of us were. It was kind of like a Comic-Con for football nerds. He was loving every second of being on the field. Uh, the commissioner of the league was in it, you know, his – Workout gear, I saw him, you know, hanging around with guys, tossing the ball a little bit. I mean, Oliver Luck is really the coolest kind of commissioner you could possibly have, Vince. Yeah, uh, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there for me. You know, a guy who played the game, 
who's been involved with it, you know, his whole life at, at many different levels. And, you know, he's he's really helped putting this vision into reality. I, I love what he said there. You could tell he's very passionate about it and he knows what he's doing. So you don't think that Gary Bettman is uh, out there skating around trying to? No, you know, I don't know if Gary Bettman's ever been on a pair of skates. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's ever been on a pair of skates. I, I mean, something I uh, I got from that is it sounds like there almost is a slight home field advantage for these summer showcases, where more of the uh, you know more of the coaching staff. I can't remember if you said all of the coaching staff or not. Uh, you know, for the home city is going to be at those. So you get you, you do get a little more there. I I yeah, guess. the the home staff is or the or the staff that runs runs the event along with the third party that the league has brought in to you know put the drills together and put everyone through them. But the the home staff, Jake, you're right, gets their whole every every member of that team will be there, and you've just got a handful of scouts from all the other teams. And it's interesting too that he brings up that his rule book, the XFL's rule book, is going to be mainly. Uh, NFL rules. Uh, it sounds like if you were to put a percentage, see, I was thinking about it. If I put a percentage on it, it feels like it's going to be ninety percent, maybe even higher than that. NFL rules. But if you if you look at the rules that they're probably going to be changing, that that's that, that's way bigger. I mean, to to, to throw two balls uh, behind the line of scrimmage forward is not something that's just to be looked over, right? So, uh, yeah, that sounds like the rules are going to be very NFL centric, but some of the bigger rules are going to be XFL centric. That make those NFL rules kind of it. And most notably, if you ask me, the kickoff and the fact that the XFL is never, well, not never, but won't botch replay as much as the NFL does. So <laughs> let's just hope at least uh, with all the reinforcements they have with referees that we've talked about. Um, but an interesting thing that is just starting to be talked about guys is the ball itself. I mean, you saw the ball from the first showcases. Did you not Vince? Did you hear? Did you see the backlash that that thing kind of got? I did not hear about the backlash. No. Yeah. So a lot, of, a lot of people, at least on social media, who just go to social media just to complain or say say things, uh, kind of poked fun at the ball because it does have the X's on the tips. It looked a little narrow to some people, but to me, it lo- it makes sense because that point on the on the football, I have a feeling it has a purpose, which might be. Uh, making it easier to locate in the air with, you know, it's kind of like a target on the ball, uh, but it's not the original XFL ball, Bryant, which everybody does love, although it was problematic. Yeah, yeah, but what about the team names? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was some backlash. People didn't really like the balls. I liked it. I thought the X was very creative. Um, we've talked, at least I've mentioned, it. I feel like I'm not getting too much traction, but the XFL has the opportunity to make their game better uh, for their players who are not NFL quality. If they make the ball a little more narrow, if they give it more grip, if there's a target on it, so be it. It helps their product be a little bit better so it's more entertaining. You know, it, it's not like they're they're making the field smaller or or nine players on defense and 11 on offense. They're making small little tweaks that are going to help their game be better and, and more entertaining for fans to watch. Why would people complain or, or why would there be backlash on that? And also, A, the ball isn't official yet. It's not officially going to be that ball. And two, guys, uh, it doesn't matter what us fans really think of the ball because what matters is how the ball feels and how it plays on the field. And that's what I decided to do 
at XFL New York Summer Showcase, I found the first quarterback I could, and I wanted to ask him about those footballs. And I ran into Alejandro Benifield, who was a Chattanooga quarterback in college. He was there running through the showcase, and I, I had to hear how, how it felt playing with these new XFL footballs. So uh, without further ado, let me take you to my quick chat, real quick chat, with Alejandro Benifield, quarterback, XFL Summer Showcase, New York. Alejandro Benefield, we were watching you throw earlier. The XFL balls were there. You had also a normal-looking ball. How did the situation work there with the with the new balls versus the traditional college ball? Uh, I mean, initially, no one liked the XFL balls. Yeah. They thought they were kind of slick and narrow. But we went seven-on-seven. Seven. The coaches kind of forced us to only throw with them, and everyone ended up loving them. It was all right? Yeah, cool. I actually kind of like the way they spin. They yeah. spin better than the other balls. Yeah, we were watching, at least in drills, most mm-hmm. of you guys were choosing the college yeah. ball over just because that's yeah. what you're used to, right? Right. So how was this, though, uh, coming out here today, XFL Showcase in New York, getting the big opportunity? Uh, how was it for you today? Uh, I'm just thankful for the opportunity. I had a lot of fun out there today. I mean, had some good receivers, had some good quarterbacks out there. I feel like I did pretty well. I mean, a couple things to work on here and there, but overall, I feel like it's a great day. And did they talk to you about what the process is going to be for players coming up next? Are you going to be maybe into another showcase, or will they be just saying, wait and see? How's the process working for you guys? What they told us was, if I guess if they want to, they'll call you. They'll yeah. They'll find you and contact you. If not, then yes. Yeah, yeah. You got it. You'll probably have another shot though, because they're going to be looking for players constantly as they're building a league. How how exciting is it though to know that there's so much pro football out there now in 2019 for a guy like you still you know in your prime? I mean, you're going to have opportunities. I just feel like it's a great time to be coming out and playing football or trying to get back into football because there's so many leagues and opportunities out there. I think this is a great time for football. Oh, man, it's a great time for players, fans, and we appreciate you. For sure. Thanks. Now, see, they were skeptical, too, until they started playing with those footballs, Jake. Yeah, and you know what? Even if they're not using a conventional football that everybody uses, it is going to be jarring for the new audience for about 10 minutes. And then I really don't think anybody's going to notice anything after that. I don't even think that long. Plus, they look cool. <laughs> and, you know, I, I I was just kind of obsessed with those footballs over the, over the weekend at the summer showcases. They were really fascinating because, to me, Bryant, the, the negative things people were saying about them. I mean, how could you judge a football without even after actually gripping it in your hands? Yeah, the... Look, these keyboard warriors are are, are are worried about a football that they're never going to like. How do I put this? It doesn't matter what it feels like in their hands because it's about the game. The game is what matters. Yeah. Judging and, a business that they've never worked in. <laughs> look, it, look, I can look at these balls and I'm looking at them right now and they're very interesting. They're very different. Uh, I like them. I get if they're a little more narrow, they're a little more um, sleek or the grip is better, then that's great. It, it really matters on the field what it looks like. And you're right, Alan. It's probably going to be less than 10 minutes, uh, maybe not even noticeable at all uh, that these balls are different as long as the game plays good. And you know what? I'll tell you from experience, having held these footballs in my hands, they aren't aren't too slippery. They feel good. They come off of your hand perfectly. And I love the point. I love the as a colorblind person too. Uh, being able to locate the football, it's like a target on the football while it's in the air. I think they should go with it, but it's not official just yet. Yeah, I mean, it, reimagining the game, you know, that was one thing we I don't think we really talked about was the ball. 
And, and, you know, this is an excellent idea. I think, you know, if the ball can be uh, made better uh, to make it travel in the air better or hold on to it better or or what have you, uh, I think that's an excellent idea. Excellent idea from the XFL. And now that takes us to our next interview from Summer Showcases weekend on the East Coast. And it's our first head coach on the show. I got to stand at the 50-yard line at XFL Summer Showcase in New York with the XFL New York head coach, Kevin Gilbride, who was a former NFL offensive coordinator, a Super Bowl champion with the New York Giants. He's taking over the New York team. And Vince, he is an offensive guy. He's one of the few coaches to hire an offensive coordinator yet. Yeah, th- this guy has had, you know, tons of experience, uh, you know, at, at all different levels in the NFL uh, as far as offense goes and, and quarterback play. Uh, so, you know, him not having or having an offensive coordinator, I don't think it's a big issue. I think he has an idea of what he's going to do and he's going to fill that position appropriately. Well, when you hear what he said to me, you're going to, you're going to, learn more about that and that's just what I asked him about was the offensive coordinator situation as well as running showcases without having a rule book in place which I know would frustrate someone like Jake but let's hear how Kevin Gilbride's dealing with it and we'll react to it my conversation with Kevin Gilbride at XFL Summer Showcase first off I'm from Pittsburgh so back when you were at the Steelers you gave me your autograph when I was a kid at oh, training wow. camp so thank you, you for that feel real old it was great Jeez, even older than well, I'm only 32 so it wasn't that long ago <laughs> um, so here we are at summer showcases though and you saw all sorts of talent out there overall how did the day go for you it's good it, you know it's 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 impossible for one person to really get a, a, a thorough or in-depth evaluation of everybody yeah. so what you do is you kind of zone in it I mean, there's some guys that, you know, our personal people had alerted me to. Hey, coach, make sure you take a look at this guy. Make sure you get a, get a sense of how he can play. So that's what I try to do. Focus in on a few positions as those guys that had been, you know, earmarked for me to look at. And that's what I did. Yeah, I saw you kind of going spot to spot, yeah, watching yeah. quarterbacks, watching yeah. linemen throughout the day. And whenever you, you're going to assess talent now, but you're also thinking about your team and scheming the rules aren't set yet for the league the rule book's not out so is it frustrating right now at the spot you're in where you can't really formulate a plan and where are you at in that stage well here's what i say we just met as a whole uh, as a staff for a whole week so in that week i my constant admonition to those guys is hey we have to be broad-based enough in our system because we really don't know what personnel we're going to get or what we're going to go against schematically now, once we get our personnel selected, then we can hone in a little bit more carefully and say, hey, we're looking for this, we're looking for that, a little bit more specifically. But right now, we're just looking for the best 45 guys we can put on our roster and the seven best you know, uh, practice squad guys we can add. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting considering the rule book's not set yet, but you still are assessing talent at the same time. But yeah. at, in, you know, in a few months, you'll be able to put that all together. How was it, though, your first week, full week with the full staff, and you're uh, slowly putting that together? And- yeah, it's, it's an unorthodox. You know, uh, preparation skill. You're just so used to, hey, you're with each other all year long. Now that's not the way it is. You're with each other for a week. You have a few weeks off. You've got to work independently, you know, by yourselves, continue to do the assessment. Now we'll do, we'll really zone in on 
or hone in on looking at the players here and the other ones that our personnel people have given us. And then we'll get back again in August and we'll kind of resume and hopefully finish up the playbooks yeah. and start to look at a little bit of film. And I, when I say film, not film looking at players, but film looking at scheme, mm -hmm. just what you're talking about. But the final product is so much in flux and yeah. we really won't be... We're yeah, close. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we're close in yeah. terms of getting to the season, yeah. but in terms of identifying what it is we're going to have personnel-wise, so therefore this is what we're going to focus on or accentuate systematically remains to be seen. Just want the best guys possible. Right Last now, question. that's all we want. Last question, the big one for, for you in particular. Everybody's been looking at your staff and offensive coordinators been circled by people. Do you plan on calling your own plays? How's that going to work? That's a great question that I'm not prepared to answer no right now, <laughs> only because uh, I'm going to do some things that we haven't, that I haven't done before, and I, and I may be overly ambitious, but what I'm trying to do is, is marry what I've always done with some of this RPO stuff that everybody's mm -hmm. doing. So I brought in two guys that are very, very adept at doing that, and if I can feel comfortable enough, what I'd like to do is turn it over. Yes. Now I normally can't stand it when I'm not calling the plays, of but. Right now, in, in the perfect world, somebody else besides me is going to call the plays. Yeah, and in a league with Hal Mummy and Norm Chow now and a bunch of great offensive minds. Yeah, it should be fun. Oh, yeah, no, there'll be a lot of great – there's a lot of great coaches in this league. <laughs> All right, Coach, well, I Thank appreciate you. it. My Thank pleasure. you so much. It's tough to rely on someone to call, call the offensive plays when you've been a coordinator for that long, Vince. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 can, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I, he, he's definitely going to have a major hand in the game plan. There's no doubt about that. And, and, you know, he may not call all the plays, you know, most of the time, but you, you bet, you know, crucial situations, maybe it's going for, for a two point conversion or a three point conversion or, or, or a critical third down. He's, he's going to be calling that play. There's no yeah. doubt about that. To a me. little peek, a little peek into the. The thought process of XFL New York's head coach, I love the balance that Kevin Gilbride's always brought to the table, and now he's kind of thinking outside of the box, knowing that he's going to be in this higher-octane league. Should be fun to see what he comes up with. Jake, I brought you up before the, the Kevin Gilbride interview there because he's in a situation where he has to put together a staff, he has to put together a, a roster, yet he doesn't know the rules. Would you be pulling your hairs out if you were a coach right now having to do that? Is that kind of putting the cart before the horse? I mean, personally, you guys know me. Of course I would be, you know, but but that that's just me. But, I mean, if you go back to the Oliver Luck interview saying, and I can't remember if he said 90% or if he just, what his exact wording was, but, you know, the majority of the rule book is still going to be the NFL rules that, or, or you know, the parts of the NFL rules that everyone knows and loves and uh, is comfortable with. So, you know, there is going to be some tweaking, but, you know, how I, I'm pretty sure you're not going to uh, – the rules aren't going to accommodate for uh, – you know, you're not going to have to reteach somebody how to tackle or, or you know, or how to block or, or catch a football. So it's going to be specific things. And, you know, what? I'm not ruling out that the coaches don't know some of these rules already and they just can't say it. I would not rule that out. That's that's true. You know they could they can't say a bunch of things when it comes to team names. I mean, I I'll tell you at these showcases, every media person I knew was going up to anyone from the league trying to dig and get some info on that. And when it comes to the rules, you're right, Jake. The coaches might know something we don't know. That's for sure. But also, you, you have to think that even even knowing that 
having an idea for the rules and it not being 100% solidified just yet because we have spring uh, spring leagues stuff yet to go- happen. Uh, it is interesting to see how they all deal with it. Kevin Gilbride seemed, you know, anxious but pretty even killed. Now, Bryant, I don't know when if you when and if you get to talk to Winston Moss if he's going to be that way in XFL LA. I I mean he might. And also, I want to advise you: don't get too intimidated when you're talking to him if you get to talk to him at, at the showcase there in Los Angeles. I absolutely am not going up to Winston Moss whatsoever. If he wants to come up to me, then maybe because that that man's intimidating. No, 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 no. (laughs) suck it up. Oh yeah, make me do the 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 dirty work here, huh? Uh, No, it it to how do I put this? Uh, Kevin Gilbert's been out of the league, out of football for for a good amount of time since 2013 was his last real coaching job. So uh, for him to come back to be able to welcome. You know the changes that are coming, the RPO and the XFL changes. That's that's exactly what the XFL was looking for. So great answers there. Uh, although, yeah, you're right. I'm not going to get the same thing out of Winston Moss. That's for sure. It's gonna. It's fun though because they're different styles. Like, so you got Kevin Gilbride who's coming into this new uh, era of offense, previously being a you know of a of a different ilk, a more balanced, run oriented ilk. You have Winston Moss, the defensive guy. You've got the high octane offensive guys out in Dallas and Houston. It's it's a bunch of different styles throughout the league, Vince, which makes it really interesting. And I, do you feel like Kevin Gilbride going into it might be uh, uh, handicapped or handcuffed compared to the other guys who have been active with them RPOs, as the kids say? Well, uh, I don't, I don't know about that. Um, he's, yeah, he, he's a smart enough guy that he, you know, he can analyze that kind of stuff and, and adapt to it. Um, he'll i think he'll be just fine i i don't think it's really that much of a concern and plus you know whoever you know the other people on his staff will be able to you know give some insight into that kind of stuff and i and i kind of have a feeling you know once once you know these these coaches get a couple games on their under their belt and you really get a feel for how this game flow is really going to be uh, then we'll see who the, who the real strategists but, are but vince in a, in a season that's only 10 games long can you afford that 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 option to to take two games to understand what's going on or are you well, better off trying to figure out what's going on right well, off the well bat? yeah you got to but you know you know you know eventually somebody's going to get punched in the mouth and you're going to have to respond uh you know just because you you you've read the rule book a little bit closer than everybody else i isn't necessarily mean you're going to win um you know I, there's going to be some practice games uh, i would assume uh and so i think that's going to help people really get the feel for for how this game's going to flow i I mean all these teams you know you know you could practice as much as you want and you can have you know as much training camp and and exhibition games but when those lights come on it's going to be an an adjustment for everybody i i think you're setting this up to you're setting this up to be an argument show vids this is a interview and (laughs) recap show because i could go off i think jake would would partner up with me on this. I think he who knows the rule book best going into this 2020 season well, will be will be most successful. But I don't want to well, argue I, about I, it right I, now. I don't. I don't want to argue about it either. But uh, it it's it's still 95 percent football. Uh, so 
I, 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 10% I, physical. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think we're, we're, you might be reaching a little bit there. I mean, everybody's going to get a copy of the rule book. It's hard to say. We don't know what the rule book is. Oh, yet. no. You, you exactly do, you do, I'm not going to turn this into an argument. This is <laughs> no, never mind. Alan, save it. Start with save something it else. for a future episode. Uh, can I say this? I will say Patreon. this. Oh, that's a good point. Patreon. I will say this. He did confirm. Uh, 45 players. That was confirmed before this, Alan? Can, can we... 45 players I thought on, so. on rosters? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we know Yeah, the roster size. Okay. The, the one that was news to me, I thought that was confirmed. I just wanted to make sure. The one that was really news to me, though, was the seven-player practice squad members that they're going to get to have per team, it seems like. It doesn't seem like that's part of the Team 9. I'm not 100% sure, but it's it seems not, like you get separate. seven more players on your yes. own team. Team nine is separate from practice squads. We'll have practice squads and team nine in this league. Team nine really is going to be a, a important pool of free agents is, is how that's shaping up to be. And in DC, how their team's shaping up is through the eyes of Pep Hamilton, who is going to be competing with some of the very dignified older coaches when it comes to offense. He is a youngster, but still very well-respected in the football community when it, when it comes to offensive innovation. Also, he uses more of a base concept, but still is very, very set in his ways and very, very smart. It's going to be interesting to see how he clashes with the likes of Hal Mummy, Kevin Gilbride, and June Jones, Bryant. So when we get to D.C., I, I'm there and I'm thinking, I'm talking to the young buck of the XFL. I'm talking to the guy who's ready to go out there and make a name for not only himself, but also for a brand of football that he absolutely believes in. And I'll tell you from uh, hearing him speak at the DC showcase, this is a guy who is ready to prove himself as a head coach. He's ready for the challenge. And he also expects people to meet his challenge, which is come to my house and, and, and try your fancy stuff when I'm going to do what I do, what I've been doing best for a very long time. So, I think Pep is is the young he's the young buck and 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 he's going to try to take all these these other coaches uh spots in terms of the offense at least. You think the DC team will be called the Washington Young Bucks? Oh, that's not a bad name. I like that. I don't know if that'll happen, but I know that Pep Hamilton's the head coach. <laughs> Wait, did you hear I, that at, at the at the at the summer showcase? No, no, no the summer insider show- information. No, 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 no. All I heard was that the there's going to be a certain brand of football played in DC, and you know what? Why, I don't want to tell you about that. Why don't we let Pep Hamilton tell everybody about the brand of football they're going to play in Washington DC? Here's Pep Hamilton from summer showcases for XFL Washington DC. As the great Keith Jackson would say, hello, everybody. It's time to tell you about our next sponsor for this week's show, and it is Pretty Easy Podcast. You may have heard of them before. We'll tell you about them again because they help us get our show up and running every week. This is the XFL show would not exist without Pretty Easy Podcast. And if you are a potential podcaster or know someone who might want a podcast, you have a great idea. You just don't know the audio side of it. You don't know how to get your show out there. You don't know how to produce it. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com and for seriously minuscule fees, you can get your podcast up and running and have a partner in podcasting right now. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com to get started today. Whether you are a doctor, a lawyer, an accountant, a sports enthusiast, a comic book enthusiast, whatever the case may be, Pretty Easy Podcast is helping all kinds of shows. So go to prettyeasypodcast.com 
right now and get your show started right now. You know you want a show. You know you could do a show. You know you got someone out there to help you do a show. It's at prettyeasypodcast.com. How you guys doing? Good good day's work, right? Yeah. Nobody got hurt, which is what's most important, right? Yeah. What do you get down on a day like today? I mean, because there's so many people out there, so many numbers, so many, so much data. Yeah, we get a baseline evaluation on on these guys that love to play football, you know, and um, it was an outstanding day, as I mentioned. Uh, everybody got out of here healthy for the most part, and uh, it gave our league an opportunity to uh, evaluate some young men that have a dying passion for this game. You know, we get a chance to be a part of their journey, to uh, position themselves to uh, make a good living playing football. And so, um, you know, helping guys to realize their full potential is uh, every coach's duty. And um, it was a great day, great day of work for the XFL. Coach, what's your approach knowing the rule books formulating right now and you can't quite scheme just yet as you evaluate talent that might fit what you plan on doing? Well, that's a great, great point. Great question that you, uh, you just posed. Really, I think um, right now we're just, as a staff, just working to get our system in place and we're putting our play plan together as opposed to a game plan. And uh, we know what we want to do and, and I think we'll be darn good at it. We want to have a tough, smart football team. Uh, and we're going to be physical. We, we expect to be the most physical team uh, in our league. Did any particular players stand out in your eyes? Uh, there were quite a few. There were quite a few. I think it's important that uh, my staff and myself, we go back and, and, uh, and watch the film. We're going to go back and watch not only this combine workout, uh, but we're going to watch all eight, you know, and, uh, and then go back and identify players that we feel like have potential to help us to build a winning program and then really study and, and vet those guys out, study their film from college or their prior pro experience and, and find the guys that we need. To have a guy like uh, Vinny Papale here as one of your tryout guys, knowing the family, he comes from the history when his dad sort of did a couple decades ago. Is that symbolic in, in any way of, of the kind of guy and the kind of journey that some of these people really go on? I mean, it, it probably it really gives you a sense of how important football is uh, to Vinny, you know, and, and his family. And you know that, uh, as I mentioned, you know, football is, is I consider it, consider it to be pure. You know, I think uh, it's the greatest meritocracy in our society. What you do on the field, what you put on tape, is ultimately going to def- define who you are in your football career. The comparisons to the AAF are kind of inevitable. Um, what do you think makes the XFL different? Uh, I would start by uh, saying that the AAF, I thought it was a good football product. It was, uh, you know, for me as a football coach and a football fan, uh, having the opportunity to watch uh, a live game uh, in the winter, you know, in that time, that part of the year, um, you know, it was good. It was exciting to have something else to watch. And I feel uh, super excited about the opportunity that we have as a league to uh, corner that market, you know. And uh, we look forward to uh, putting a product on the field that's uh, going to make all the fans uh, really excited to uh, support our league. Uh, I thought it was unfortunate. How important was it for you to come home? I, I mean, you are Washington, D.C. Yeah. I mean, it, this it, is our city here. So how excited were you at the job opportunity? Was it a no-brainer decision to come home? or You know, you know my, uh, my family, of course, they had a lot of input, and they factored a lot into the uh, decision. My wife is a, a PG County girl. Um, 
my mother-in-law who lives with us. She's from D.C., also a Howard grad. And uh, I mean, this is home for us. Uh, but more importantly, you know, just to have an opportunity to uh, build a franchise from the ground up and really have my fingerprints on it. I thought the opportunity was rare and it would be hard to come by uh, if, I, uh, if I passed on it. Hard to come by again. So uh, I look forward to, um, I really do look forward to, to fielding a team that this city can be excited about. Uh, it's also important for me and my staff to make sure that uh, the community have access to pro football that they've never had before. There will be a connectivity uh, between ourselves and the youth and the, uh, the high school players, uh, all the local fans, everybody who wants to be a part of pro football, come and support us because we're going to open the doors for you. Also, um, as far as identities go, you know, you've got some aerial coaches now in the league here. We've got, you know, trust me, CFL South down in Tampa. Right. You know, he's building things. There's a lot of motion maybe happening going on down there. I've always kind of looked at your team as more traditional style offense and approach, and you're almost on an island, you know what I mean, where you kind of lack an explosive gimmick, and I'm assuming a little <laughs> bit of a utilization of tight ends and yeah. things like that. Can you tell us a little bit about your game? You're on the offensive side of the ball. Well, I think lacking would be a strong word and probably the, the wrong word to uh, well. describe what we're going to do. But I will say this. I have a great appreciation for the physicality of, of the game of football. You know, it's the ultimate war of attrition. I don't want to say Pep Hamilton has a chip on his shoulder, but he definitely, I, I could tell he had something to, he has something to prove, and, and you could see it in his eye, at least, standing two, two feet from him during that scrum at XFL Showcase in D.C. Uh, he he brought up something that we haven't talked about, and the fact that this game is going to be played basically the opposite of the NFL season where it's hot at the beginning, cold at the end. Here it's going to be freezing in D.C. in the in the beginning of February, and we're going to head into the spring where, where, where uh, teams are probably going to have a little more leeway. But if you try to run those types of offenses, basically, is what he's saying, in the cold, yeah, you're in trouble. I like, I like, I like Pep. Pep, Pep's a, Pep's a, Pep sounds like a, a solid guy. I love Pep because he's no nonsense. He he might be the youngest <laughs> coach in the league, but there's zero nonsense going on at, at Summer Showcase at, in DC. He was, you know, sh- barking out orders to players when he took over the drills uh, from uh, Stephen Austin and his group who were doing the combine stuff and. I got to tell you, Pep Hamilton, he is so ready. I could see it in the man's eyes, and I cannot wait to see what kind of offense he brings. He's talking about physicality, and in a league where we're really kind of stressing finesse, it's going to be interesting to see just what kind of phys- uh, physicality he brings. I mean, he brought up the counter tray and how he's a big fan of of old school Washington Redskins running attacks. What will be in store for the XFL when it comes to the run game in D.C.? We'll have to wait and see, but Pep Hamilton, really cool uh, to see him at work in his element at XFL Summer Showcases DC, where he had a ton of great players, and you know a bunch of them were all over the place, but uh, I picked out one in particular, a running back who played at Eastern Illinois. Uh, why did I talk to this individual? Well, because I talked to a quarterback already, and I wanted to speak with someone who was there, had been through the rigors of NFL tryouts, who has... Uh, a gleam in his eye, someone who had a, su- a support system that really was flagging me down to come over and talk to him. They're very cool people. I- Isaiah Johnson, the running back, Bryant, 
was <laughs> so fun to hang out with a little bit afterwards at, at summer showcases in DC. And I spoke with him. And as a running back, he had a really interesting perspective on everything going on. Yeah, he had a, an interesting perspective on, on the the drills. Right yesterday, talk, I mean, on excuse me, on Friday, you talked to the quarterback. Now you're talking to a more position based, mm-hmm. you know running back so that's a different perspective in itself and then you're also going to get into the um the the advanced metrics and and the wearables that they were that they had the players uh, put on to to help you know with this with this concept of technology on the fo- on the football field so it's a great little uh, little snippet of, of of a conversation that uh that, uh, that I'm glad you got. Yeah, so, I, hey, I love talking to Isaiah, but I will say I was trying to flag down a lineman as a lineman at heart. That was what my goal, but those guys were <laughs> off a little bit earlier because seven-on-sevens were last, and they you know, hit lunch, and it was harder to find him. So, But I talked to Isaiah. He was really cool. His family was awesome. They were there supporting him. A lot of these players had you know their support systems there in the stands in D.C. especially, which was awesome to see. And uh, here's a, a bit of what I talked about with the running back from Eastern Illinois, Isaiah Johnson. How was XFL Summer Showcase for you in D.C.? No, it was, it was a pretty great showcase. It was, they did some different things from what we did on our pro day, and they actually put like more on-field work. And it was nice to actually just be able to do that and get away from some of the numbers that they always emphasize, and you can just play some football. Yeah, they weren't poking and prodding at you too much today. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, they definitely kept it pretty simple with us and just gave us some nice drills and just got to. How was the competition with, with the guys? Because everybody here is vying for jobs. It's, it, was, it was pretty intense sometimes. Yeah, it was, it was some pretty good competition you got a couple bounce back guys from that what's the other nfl camps and some guys that already been there so you have some vets in here and it was just nice to cope with their game and they take notes from your game and we're just all just sharing information we all just we all have different traits and we're all just trying to rub off on each other yeah it was cool and i saw a lot of camaraderie out there as well so everybody was getting along there was no no fights even with the <laughs> linemen i was watching them or the you know the dbs and the wide receivers how about that ball though did you get your hands on that thing how how, how did you like it yeah the ball was definitely different uh, we saw it and we we're just like it, it was just like a like a little pointier a little longer i was like but the grip on it was nice though and yeah. i think yeah i think you can have better catches with that i don't think there's gonna be too many drop balls in i this didn't league. see too <laughs> many today how about the uh, they were making you guys wear some uh, GPS stuff I saw. How, how'd that work? How'd that feel? Yeah, so they said they're going to measure our routes, and yeah. I guess they're like, I don't know what it's measuring, but they just <laughs> had to throw it on, and like they just wanted us to get in and out of our brakes pretty fast and efficiently, and so I guess they, they got some kind of technology working on that. Yeah, I don't know what numbers we're going to get from it, but they said, you know, they had your suits were, were with GPS, even the, some of the dummies had some sensors on them that felt forced, so I thought guys were showboating and smashing <laughs> into it, but that's actual numbers they're going to get from it well man good luck to you i appreciate you joining us on the show for sure good luck brian if i asked you to wear a device during the show so i could measure your pulse and how angry you get at vince would you do it Uh, as long as you're not sharing that data publicly especially (laughs) with vince (laughs) i think that's a little personal you have to sign a waiver uh, that was that was that was cool to see. Uh, you know, it was it, you know from a player's perspective, there. This was a very football centric camp. This was not like a combine in that you feel like a piece of meat. These guys were out there really playing football, it, it, and and they were and they were breaking hard. They were asked to do things that if you're not playing hard, I don't know why you're there, but I understand the concept of we want you to make these things as efficient as possible because we are testing those out as well. That's at least from the league. It seems like so. 
it was a great little grab. Uh, good luck to, to Isaiah Johnson, right? That's mm-hmm. is that the name. Uh, good luck to him. And, and I, I just, just good to see, you know, family there to support. If you remember last year at the AAF, they weren't even letting family on the field <laughs> oh, during the, uh, the tryout. Don't just bring that up. that up. I don't want to forget about that. Uh, it, was all, it was good to see Isaiah Johnson. It was great to see the guy, the elusive guest, the guy I've been wanting to talk to forever. Uh, and we fi- I finally flagged him down. It was my mission in D.C. to talk to Sam Schwartzstein of the XFL, who's been so just vital to the football operations and the development of the league and, and the concepts uh, when it comes to the rules and, and and uniforms and the ball in particular, which is what I want to talk to you. This, Sam was walking around with that football, Brian, and I – he was. It seemed like he was obsessed with it, so I had to flag him down. And say, hey man, you're you are you are working the hell out of this football. I have to ask you about it. What do you think of it? So that's what we talked about. We get into the football that the XFL's trying out. It's not official, of course. We've talked about it, but Sam Schwartzing gives us a little insight into what what the concept behind the football and also the wearables, the data that is being collected at this at the summer showcases. Yeah, I think he goes into a little bit of, of what I've been talking about in terms of uh, making the game a little more adaptive to your your talent, right? He he taught, he he said something really good. I'm trying to remember what it was, but basically, he's not trying to forge anything, right? The, the football's there to help, but they don't want pe- they don't want to be accused of, of helping along their league entirely just because of the football. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's not like a juiced baseballs. You know, this is yeah. a, a, a a football that's gonna you know be different uh, vis- visually but uh, also it's going to be uh, performance based and Sam Schwartzing gave us a lot of insight into the XFL football and also the concepts behind the data collection at XFL Summer Showcases. Very insightful stuff here from Director of Football Operations at the XFL, Sam Schwartzstein. Alright Sam, we got this this special new concept ball, right? It's not officially the XFL football yet. A lot of talk, talk about it since the first summer showcases. Can you tell us about it, uh, the process behind it, and whatever you, whatever you can tell us about the football? Yeah, so our process of the football is very similar to how we're doing the rules, very similar how we're doing all of our talent evaluation. It's an experiment. It's a mm-hmm. process. We're trying new things. We're looking for new different things we can do. We're looking at some of the high-performing balls, like the one of the Wilson balls. The ones we're working with Big Game, who makes a lot of the balls you'll see in college football. We're just trying new things. So we're looking at different things that can help what can differentiate the league, but most importantly, how does this affect all the performance? Make sure our quarterbacks, our receivers, centers that I care a little bit too much about, <laughs> but long snappers, that they're all comfortable with the ball because performance comes first. The center touches the ball the most? Oh, Got absolutely, it. yeah. yeah he's it. preaching the choir. <laughs> and can you tell us about the, the X's on the, on the points of the ball at all? It's, if there's any, because we've been debating on our show, are they like meant to be there for maybe being a target when they're there easier to see is there a reason behind those so the x's on the ball we refer to them as a lot of things in the office but we talk about them as spikes mm-hmm. um the, these are to kind of differentiate us as a ball yeah, yeah other things about the ball is we looked at different color laces for the ball different kind of lace structure um but some help with the tracking of the ball we talked to a few players in the nfl the different contrasts they have in their ball where they have the just white laces then some Play, fan or players um, think that the white stripe on the college ball, the half stripe, mm-hmm. uh, helps them track the ball in the air. Yeah. And especially if you think about what happens at night games, mm-hmm. right? The reflection of the lights off the ball. Um, so we're thinking, what could be a different, unique way to leverage making us stand out as well as uh, a player understand the tracking of the ball? Again, we still look at performance as the number one thing. Of course. Um, we're not trying to make it too easy either. I don't want fans to think that we're trying to manufacture 
success out of yeah. the ball. But hard, hard to do in football anyway. We need for, good players, and that's what we're here for. Uh, last question. We see some of the players they're wearing. I guess these are the trackers, the tops yeah. that they're wearing, the Titans. Yeah, so this is very cool. So we are partnering um, with the Gaines Group, who's helping out, and we're utilizing the Titan GPS. Mm -hmm. It's a different uh, GPS tracker one of the newer ones on the market. And we're looking at different things across of football specific drills. So we have the traditional combine drills around here that you'll all see the 40, the three cone and the broad jump. We're doing some triple broad jump as well that the Gaines group has helped bring to us. Uh, but another thing that we have is all these DBs. We have DB specific drills. We have wide receiver, running back and tight end specific drills, O-line and D-line specific drills. So these drills, we now can do their uh, drills or football specific movements that yeah, yeah. players would have done in a game mm -hmm. but we've added GPS trackers to be able to get velocity, top speed, inertia and all these different things. We've seen a lot of unique things. It's all preliminary data. We need to create a larger data set to have mm -hmm. some uh, hardcore findings but what we're identifying is what how powerful players are coming off the ball, their time, their amount they're able to sustain top speed, as well as utilize how much we have on these three dummies here. There will normally be a GPS tracker on each one of them, so we can actually see the force that a player will oh, inflict wow. onto another person. Okay. Right? And so we're able to translate it. Not We're not going to say that uh, this is the way that we're going to only identify players, but we're going to have things pop, so we'll go back and watch the film yeah. to do re-evaluations. Yeah, it's going to be great when all the showcases are done. You're going to have all this data to sort every every player out. Absolutely. And that explains why some of the players were smashing into these things. They weren't just showing off. They were just oh, trying no. to show the they force. They knew what they were supposed to do, yeah. right? Yeah. That's really cool. Well, I appreciate the time, man. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Now with summer showcases on the East Coast in the books, let's take it out to the West Coast. And, well, Bryant and I's favorite XFL team, L.A. Bias, baby. XFL Los Angeles' president, Heather Brooks Carrots, joined us earlier in the week. And it was it was cool to meet your new best friend, Brian. I got to say. <laughs> uh, we are the best friends that everyone can have. Uh, look, it, this is going to be a cool little turn to this show, right? We've been talking solely football uh, operations. I'm sorry, football on-field operations players. Now this is going to get you a little scene behind uh, what goes on with the marketing strategies. Uh, how do you make... Uh, fans of these XFL teams. Heather was gracious enough to to come on the show and share some of her ideas uh, and her goals. And, and this is a good aspect that I don't think a lot of people are focusing on that I'm glad that we were able to get some perspective from that team president um, herself. Exactly. You're right. This is a show that's been chock full of on-field football talk, but so important how these teams interact with their communities and, uh, you know, the plans that are put in place and implemented by the team presidents. And we had our first team president on the show this week. Here she is, XFL Los Angeles's Heather Brooks Carrots. Heather Brooks Carrots, president of the XFL Los Angeles. Welcome to This is the XFL Show, our first president. Thank you so, so much for having me. It is such an honor to be on your show and to be the first president on your show. Uh, what you guys are doing is just incredible, and I love listening every week. I am a regular. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, I, I think it's safe to say, guys, it's the first time I've ever spoken to any kind of president. How about you? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, well, second time for me, but yeah, same one. <laughs> Unless you're counting like a chess club, I suppose. <laughs> well, uh, Heather, we've all been fascinated with the role of the presidents in the XFL so far. There's been a lot of debate on our show. If I don't know if you've heard, but uh, we we've kind of 
debated on what actually goes on on the day-to-day for you. So can you give us a quick rundown of what the day-to-day is for at least the president of XFL LA? Sure. Um, You know, we're in startup mode, so every day is totally different. Uh, I can't predict what's going to happen. And even when I have a schedule, it changes every minute. And that's the exciting part of what we're doing is we're building something from the ground up. And for anyone who's been in a startup environment, they know what that feels like. I oversee everything fan engagement related. Uh, That can be anything from corporate partnerships to marketing to ticket sales, uh, PR, community efforts. The list goes on and on. And we really want to make sure that we have a great game day experience for our fans. But on top of that, it's really about building who we are and defining who we are. And when you're starting from scratch, that's where I spend my most of my time now is trying to figure out what is the XFL LA? What do we want to stand for? And I know you guys have heard me say this before multiple times, but we are not building this in a bubble. We are going to define who the XFL LA is with our fans. And that's how we want to be portrayed. We want to find our fans. We want to work with them and build something great together. You know, Heather, in, in the little experience that you and I have, have talked, we met at, I don't know, a local Buffalo Wild Wings, and we talked for a few hours, and that was great. Uh, what other events, promotions, or even more so in the strategies can we expect from, from you marketing-wise and with the community outreach? Of course. So we met last week at a meet-and-greet, something that came together pretty quickly. But the idea is that's the first of a regular series that we'll be doing in the L.A. market. Uh, stay tuned for some more information in the coming days for another one next week leading up to the showcase. So you'll see another one pretty soon. And I hope, uh, Brian, you're able to attend and a lot more of our fans as well. But that'll be something that's a regular ongoing series that we do across different sub markets in LA because we want to touch as many fans as possible. Yeah, and you have a big market in LA too to do so. So it should be uh, fun and coming up with ideas like that. That's cool, the meet and greets. How much is the local strategy, Heather, going to defer from, say, St. Louis or Tampa? You said you're not doing it in a bubble. You're using the Los Angeles fans to help you build this team up and the identity of the team. So we don't want a bunch of homogenous teams looking alike around this league eventually. We want you to separate yourselves from the pack. So how are you team presidents coming together to develop collective ideas? And then also how are you separating yourself and and jumping off of that to make it your own? So it's a great question. I, I couldn't be more excited to have the group of team presidents that our league has put together for all the different markets. It's a great group of folks, and we all come from different backgrounds and have different skill sets. We're on the phone almost daily sharing ideas, sharing best practices, and also contributing at the league level for a framework that we think makes sense in our markets. Locally, um, LA is different than the other towns. We are a large city, multiple professional football teams, multiple other professional teams, college football programs, and we have great weather and lots of other distractions. So for our fan base, there's just a lot of other things you can do. So we're bringing a new team into this market, and we're going to stand out by doing things differently. We're reimagining what it is to be a football fan and have a great game day experience. Now, Heather, you've obviously done a great job of, of 
uh, trying to connect with the L.A. community and get, and get the uh, awareness out there that the XFL is coming to Los Angeles next year. Uh, what would you say are your, your big goals uh, starting now through the summer into the end of the year to get road, uh, get ready for the, the league uh, premiering in 2020? Sure. So our calendar is shaping up. Well, I know we have the showcases next week. Everyone is eagerly awaiting a announcement around our team name and logos. So I promise that those are coming later this summer, so you won't have to wait much longer. We're looking to have ticket sales uh, launch at the end of the summer and a draft in early fall. Training camp will start at the end of the year, and before you know it, February will be here. Uh, Heather, it's been a hot request by fans. You mentioned it, team names. Why do you think that's so important to fans right now? The XFL as a league and as a brand is incredible. Uh, For a league that existed for a short period 20 years ago, it has incredible brand value that I think is important for all of our fans across, across the world and the country and in Los Angeles. But ultimately, our fans in Los Angeles are going to be cheering for the L.A. team. And they're going to identify with the L.A. team and what the L.A. team stands for. And that's going to be different in L.A. than it is in Seattle, Houston, Dallas, the other markets. So that name, whatever it ends up being, is going to have a connotation that our community is going to be able to latch onto and develop a connection with. And it's going to help form our identity and our story. So right now we're, you know, we're working. I promise it's going to be incredible, the name and all of our <laughs> logos and uniforms that come out. It's going to be great. And once we put it out there, it's really going to only bolster the support in our local community and the engagement. Yeah, it's going to be a huge day for for all the markets later this summer. Uh, we can't wait for that. Uh, personally, I can't wait for that as well. Um, let's let's switch topics a little bit and talk about uh, this is a brand new league, right? This is a blank sheet of paper. Uh, how does being a brand new league afford you the chance to, to think outside of the box a little bit as team president? Another great question. This is such a unique paradigm. I mean, coming from LAFC, I got to start a team from scratch, but now I'm starting a team and assisting in starting a league from scratch. That is a whole different set of circumstances where we truly have a blank sheet of paper. So where a lot of other teams and other leagues, when they're an expansion team, they're walking into a collective bargaining agreement, a set of league rules that are pre-existing, that are typically based on old preconceived norms of a league that's been around for several decades. We are now starting a league that has none of that. There isn't a collective bargaining agreement. There aren't existing rules. So we get to start from scratch and look at everything with a fresh set of eyes. We also have collective ownership. So it's much easier for us to enact policies and guidelines and marketing strategies across all of our teams or a portion of our teams. Uh, Rather than just focusing on what may work in L.A., we could say something's great in L.A., let's do it across all the markets. And that is a unique set of, um, of circumstances for all of our team presence in the league. And it allows us to think much more creatively on how we want to package our ticket sales. And also when we talk to corporate partners, you know, they're not walking into a set of assets that they can pick from. Instead, we can sit down with a corporate partner and say, well, what does your brand stand for? And how can we create new assets because none currently exist that fit within who you want to stand for and how you want to engage with the XFL. 
you, you said you mentioned partnerships there, Heather, and those are going to be so crucial corporate partnerships. And of the big one that we heard about with Elevate uh, and that and that partnership regarding marketing and ticket sales. How does that partnership exactly work with the L.A. market and all the other local markets? Because we know you team presidents are interacting with them directly, right? Absolutely. I could not be more excited to have a partner like Elevate on our side. The team that Al Guido has put together is truly remarkable. And they come at this with a similar perspective that we do, which is how can we reimagine this for our fans? How can we make it better? And we are truly looking at ticketing with a blank sheet of paper and thinking about, you know, what are new and innovative structures that we can incorporate into who we want to be as the XFL. We are on the initial stages of developing what our ticketing strategy will be and what those packages will be. So more to come, but each of the team presidents are working closely with elevate to staff up and evaluate each of our individual buildings. Now, Heather, I'd like to ask you a little bit about uh, some of the personnel uh, hires that have been made in, in the, for the LA team. Uh, well, y'all know, doesn't matter what professional sports uh, franchise it may be the relationship between the president, general manager, owner, and the coach are, are is very important. What has it been like working with Coach Moss, and how has that relationship been? I could not be more thrilled to have Coach Moss as the LA coach. He is exuberant. He is fun, and I never know what he's going to say half the time, and that's what makes it so exciting. He is not afraid to take risks on and off the field, and we need that in L.A. We need a little fun. Yeah, I would say even for the XFL as a whole, uh, it's, it's, you know, it's got to be a fun league, and certainly he, he, he's all about that. A hundred percent, and uh, I can share that our, our leader, Vince McMahon's favorite word to talk about the XFL is fun. It has to be fun, and so that is a theme that permeates throughout. Well, I, I think L.A. hit the nail on the head with Winston Moss whenever his his press conference was was spectacular. We've been talking about it nonstop uh, on and off off the air from the show, Heather. So we're, we're excited. Brian and I as L.A. fans already uh, couldn't be happier with the hire. But also uh, this week, a big announcement. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Norm Chow, another great name, another great coach joining the staff. So how excited it, are you and the team as a whole knowing that you have staffed up now? You've got a lot of people in place, a lot of good people. Summer showcases are on June 21st. You're, you're really hitting your stride. How awesome is it to just have the people in place pretty much? It's coming together. I mean, we've looked at this once as once the showcases hit, our season is starting. It's go time. We have, we have great personnel. All of our coaches are going to be in market next week leading up to the showcase. It is time to kick this into another gear and get ready for February 2020. Well, Heather, uh, you know, the LA Summer Showcase is uh, f- uh, June 21st, so I will be there. I'll be, I'm hoping to see you, uh, you know, and, and get to chat with you some more and, and even some of the coaches. Uh, a lot of the the summer showcase has been focused on players and, and building these rosters for 2020. Uh, can you just talk about what you're expecting out of the showcase in terms of your role as team president? Sure. So this is one of the first times that we're hosting an event in market and it's one of our first impressions. We're really excited to give our deposit holders a first look into what we're doing. So, uh, 
put down your deposits and we want all deposit holders to be there. They're getting special access to our first event with the LA showcase. Um, but I'm really excited to meet our fans. I'm excited to see everyone who shows up, who's so engaged to be there to shake hands and really listen to people and hear about what they want out of the XFL. Question about the uh, deposit holders that you mentioned there, and and I guess the fans in general. Is this difficult to sell tickets uh, to fans when they don't necessarily know what it is they're buying? Uh, This is a brand new thing. You know, we're all all very hopeful it's going to be very exciting, and I and I think it's going to be. But is is that a challenge in in the local market? I think we're just starting here. I mean, once we have our team name, we're going to have more of a presence and more of a story around who our team is. But everyone is excited about the XFL. And what I love doing with our events and being on the show with you guys is talking to you about what we stand for. And I think that is what's really compelling for attracting our fans and getting them engaged with what we're doing in 2020. It's super exciting to start something from scratch. There's great brand value and brand recognition with the XFL from the first iteration. And this is an opportunity for our fans to help create with us. And that's super exciting. That's not something you can get anywhere else. It is very exciting knowing that we actually have listeners, Heather, and we don't even have team names yet, and people are so excited for the league. Like you said, the brand recognition. Imagine what this thing is going to be like when we have the identities, the team names, when we get the competition going. Like you said, this is, it's only going to get bigger from here. We really appreciate your time being our first presidential guest on This is the XFL Show. Is there anything else we didn't mention that you need to let the fans of L.A. know that's coming up? Just keep doing what you guys are doing, and I'm so excited to keep meeting more of our fans. Watch us on Twitter at XFL Los Angeles and on my Twitter handle at Heather B. Karras. That's where we'll post a lot of information about our upcoming meet and greets and events, so that's the best place to get your news. And then, of course, you better keep watching and listening to the This is the XFL show because you guys are amazing. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, we appreciate it again, Heather, and uh, good luck at Summer Showcases and beyond. Go get them. And uh, we're, we're LA fans, Brian and I, so we're rooting for you specifically. Thank, thank you so much. I love hearing that and I uh, look forward to spending more time together. Thanks for having me on. I have to say that might be our most well-rounded episode yet. Again, all the football talk and then we had coast some to good coast. front office talk there. Coast to coast, too. <laughs> uh, we're touching every point we can. We're not trying to be a – we're a well-balanced podcast is what we are. I mean, yeah. from presidents to commissioners to potential players to head coaches, yeah, I, I don't see how you could do it any better. Oh, it's to all, fans. It's, it's all fans. going down in the, in the XFL, the, the most prepared startup league. I believe we've been talking about it the past all couple time. weeks, and this just reiterates it. Most prepared spring league of all time, Vince. That's what I've labeled it as, and uh, <laughs> it's it's all it's all thanks to the cool people that are working at the league, and and we got to talk to a whole bunch of them this week, and we're looking forward to doing some more of it. XFL Los Angeles showcase next week, Brian. Oh, definitely. I'll be there. We'll have some. Um, I'm hoping to have some great interviews. Uh, my my, <laughs> the bar has been set high by your by your interviews, Alan. But I'll, I'll try to meet that that quota. Jake, please tell me that interview made you jealous that you don't get to go to that cool Buffalo Wild Wings meet and greets with with uh, team presidents. I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs>
Nobody loves meeting and greeting at Buffalo Wild Wings more than Jake. He is, I can tell you, he is very jealous right now. But, uh, Jake, you're going to have your sh- your shot at getting to some XFL events sooner yeah. or later because, I mean, I just got my feet wet with all this driving this week. I think I'm ready to – I might end up just going to every game every weekend, multiple games every weekend come 2020. I love this driving stuff. As long as it's for XFL football, I'm down. Well, uh, Godspeed, my friend. Well, you're always willing, willing to – or you are always welcome to hitch a ride with me uh vince you got you got anything left as we get out of here man uh just i uh, just want to remind everybody out there that it sounds like the rule book is very close to being finalized so if you have any extra ideas that you want to throw out there let the xfl know they're they are listening and also other programming or not programming note a uh, fan note if you are in los angeles seattle tampa or st louis are, are four cities that haven't had their showcases yet. And from someone who just went, go. It is like heaven for a football fan. You're on the field during a, a, a real-life combine. You get to speak to the commissioner of the league. You get to see him do a chalk talk where it's a great – it's a Q&A session. You can meet your head coach, your team president. It's like Comic-Con for football fans. That's the only way I could I could uh, relate it to something else. It is. It was truly a happening that I thoroughly enjoyed, and I know Bryant's going to next week. And if you're a fan in any of those cities or near them, go. Really recommend it. So much fun. And thanks to everybody at the league who was so accommodating to us as well. For Bryant, for Jake, for Vince, I'm Alan. That's 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 a wrap for a doozy of an episode, a well-rounded episode. Until next week, everybody, this is the XFL Show. Remember, they're listening.